In roller derby, holding space is an empowering, often intimidating act of strength and strategy for oneself and or teammates. Holding Space, the podcast, clears the floor for conversations that touch upon race, class, identity, and privilege to amplify stories, build community, and make more connections in the skate world. Expect lots of smart, dope skate people musing about life on and off eight wheels and silliness. Can't forget the silliness that you never knew you needed and won't be able to live without. This is Holding Space with Magical Wheelism. Welcome. Movie club. I like to movie, movie. <laughs> I like to movie, movie. I like to move it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Curly Fly. Curly Fly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, not my name. <laughs> Curly Fry. Fritura. Con risos. <laughs> Papa con risas. Papa con risas. Y papa con risas. Potatoes. And so here we are revisiting a sacred tome. Can a movie be a tome? I know a tome is a book. Can a movie be a tome? It was uh, a book, so. Okay. Yes. This <laughs> sacred tome turned movie from 2009, directed by Drew Barrymore, Whip It, starring one Ellen Page and London Pig and Kristen Wiig and Juliette Lewis and Evie. I love how a few weeks ago you had no clue who Landon Pig was, and then I, I came into your life. I'm a reform. Yes, I'm a I'm a I'm a born again piglet. I'm a part of Landon Pig's crew now. I've I've found a way. Though confession, I haven't. I still haven't listened to music. I'm just going by his strong portrayal of Ellen Page's love interest. We are here to revisit Whip It, the movie that inspired many a derby person to look up their local join. It was. As I said, it came out in 2009 and on September 26th, which is tomorrow, it turns 10 years old. So I just happened to stumble upon this fact as I was doing a Googles one night and I was like, it'd be a real good thing to base a podcast episode on because it's so meaningful to so many derby. So I thought to reach out to my smart and incisive fellow Latinx uh, <laughs> Curly Fry to join me in revisiting this film, this película, and here we are to give to share our thoughts with you. Yeah, and I just want to say this movie did not inspire me to go into derby, but I did watch it. Okay, those. Curly Fry, but you were like what ten when it came out? Uh, thanks. Uh, no, I was. <laughs> Look at I me was, with the ageism, with the slight ageism. <laughs> Now I don't know how old I was, and I'm really hoping I wasn't 10. <laughs> but that you could have been 10 is my point. <laughs> no, no, no. I was definitely at least In high 16. school? Yeah. I was in the workforce. <laughs> no, I was, no. 2009, I graduated. Yeah, because I remembered watching Minus 10, Carly. How, how old are you? Your current age, minus 10. I'm, I'm 28. Wow, You're I'm really good at math. It's all good. It's all good. You're 18. That's good. No, no. <laughs> Welcome, Curly. And thank you so much for coming to Holding Space Magical Whalism and helping me hold space for Whippet <laughs> as it turns a smooth 10 years old and is almost able to go to middle. If you'd like to give us quickly your, your own derby background, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a Gotham Rec League skater. Well, on hiatus right now, my dad 
it had a motorcycle accident, so I'm taking a quick break. But beyond that, I also officiate for Gotham. So between refing and scorekeeping and all the non-skate officiating stuff, that's super fun. And I mean that. It's really I really love it. That's the best way to learn Derby. I also have gone to RollerCon and I also do just skating outside of Derby and it's just really brings me joy and and that's my kind of skating what resume, I guess. But I got into it because I, I went to a Gotham game. It was a gift and for someone else that I went. And no, and you got a really snazzy pair of iridescent Impalas recently, which you do, do. You, you kind of like undersold your, your street skating prowess and your bowl skating, your nascent bowl skating, right? Yeah, How long yeah. Have you I'm, been I'm also a dance, I do dance skating. That's mostly. right, yes. How long have you been doing that sort of thing, the, the non-derby skating? I think like I got into it maybe a year after I started derby skating. I figured I needed a little more uh, like time on my skates and what how can I do it in the winter and and then I really just fell in love with it I was like oh I, I always love dancing okay so a little full disclosure we actually taped this like maybe what was it like two weeks ago <laughs> and through the I don't even know what to call it but the audacity gods had the audacity of like <laughs> screwing up all the files and here we are doing this redo this Ooh. maybe is extremely meaningful to the role of unity, not only for skaters, but uh, who are now skaters, but they were actual derby skaters in the movie, like Chrissy Crash. And it's just, it was also based on the skate scene in Austin, Texas, which is the cradle of modern derby. So unity, I think it might be one, like as close a copy as we have. Would you mm-hmm. agree? I would agree. I would agree there. You were mentioning all the who it's impacted. And I, I was low key looking up stuff on Wikipedia I, you know, was looking at some stuff and then I saw like it inspired current top level players like Scald Eagle. And I was like, oh, snap, that's going to go on this pod. <laughs> yes. And I'm not even sure. Like I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I think she might have mentioned it publicly, but Benita Applebaum also saw Whip It and Laced Up soon after. So those, there you go, two D1 skaters we have and are enjoying and are inspired by because of this movie, who were inspired by this movie. Kyla Frag, give us the, give us a plot summary, will ya? Okay. So the movie's basically surrounding the life and times of uh, the Derby girl, which is Bliss, Banjo Bliss. Um, <laughs> Bliss is a high schooler, um, to which I didn't really realize until late in the game. Uh, and essentially, you see her kind of like doing that whole floating through life existential drama of high school and um, doesn't really quite fit in with parents' expectations, friends' expectations, blah de blah de blah and uh finds derby or derby finds her and then yeah that's that's basically it you know she loses a lot but you know in that it's a climb so to speak you know (laughs) the the journey not the destination and also doing the googles i've just looked up the how this movie was received when it came out in the fall of 2009 and in terms of the economic i just saw so the budget this movie was budgeted at 15 million dollars and grossed around 16 million so it was a modest success. But again, I think that we need to measure its value in the significance and the like almost almost the revolution it like tapped into, right? When it came out in 2009, the like rebirth of Derby was already in full swing. But that was also right after that like whole economic depression. No, that was like as it was starting, I think, yeah, 2009. So 2008 was the start of Oh, yeah. So, you know, the market wasn't great. No. And it's in the Wikipedia page says that it was received generally with positive reviews from critics, but it did not perform well financially. So I wanted to also pull up Roger Ebert's review of this movie. Did I read that to you last time? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because I felt like it was, it was very indicative of the time, I feel. Mm-hmm. And very indicative of how Derby was perceived. And okay. 
kind of misunderstood to be, or maybe, I don't know, it could have very well been the case back then, but it's certainly not the case today. And I think we'll definitely touch upon how Derby has evolved since then. Oh my God, the lead sentence. Whip It is an unreasonably entertaining movie, causing you perhaps to revise your notions about women's roller derby, assuming you have any. <laughs> assuming you have any. Yes, I mean, and I'm, I'm, par- I'm, I'm skipping around. <laughs> the movie is a coming together of two free spirits, Drew Barrymore and Ellen Page. While they might not reflect the kind of female empowerment Gloria Steinem had in mind, it has guts, charm, and black and blue sweetness. Yes, it faithfully follows the age-old structure of the sports movie, but what a sport and how much Derby girls love it. That's Yes, the movie has cliches. Yes, it all leads up to a big game. Yes, there is a character's validating appearance near the end. Yes, and so what? The movie is miles more intelligent than most of the cream of wheat marketed to teenage girls. Funnier, more exciting, even liberating. There are rules to roll a derby, but the film doesn't linger over the details. Basically, you go around as fast as you can, try to stay on your feet, protect your teammates, and clobber your opponents. In the last decade, the optimal form of the sport has morphed into a sort of goth punk warrior woman hybrid with much invention going into the outrageous costumes, which doesn't mean you don't get hurt when you're slammed. That's how it ends. It's so cynical and so like condescending and like us having to think about it. But but doesn't it like ring, doesn't it kind of still echo what a lot of like people's preconceived notions of roller derby, the outrageous outfits, the black and blue sweetness and the clobbery? I don't know. Anyway, well, that being said, what were your first impressions? I think about it now and, and, you know, we did this once, but I didn't pay as much attention to kind of my like past self um, in that process. And this time I realized that like when I was a kid or when I watched this, like I was definitely that person. I definitely had that hopeless, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I here? I'm not like other people. I'm like socially awkward. You know, this isn't my crowd. Um, And just trying to fit in, not really knowing my place. Like that I could relate to. But yeah, so like in that way, like I really related to that movie Um, but I, I don't think I was like, oh, I'm going to go join, join a derby team right now. Like, you know, this looks incredibly violent and I'm not really sure. And I, I was all about violence. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I played, I played sports when I was like much younger in like middle school and like, you know, mowed people down playing soccer and like played basketball and like, you know, definitely, definitely accidentally drew fouls, but (laughs) But yeah, so basically that was like way back when my first impression and then coming back to watching it recently with you, I, I thought it was entertaining. I, I agree with that first statement. I was like, yeah, totally entertaining. I I really liked watching it. I don't know that it really relates to what Derby looks like now. And we'll probably talk about that some more. But part of me is like frustrated with the movie because I get questioned all the time when I when I say, hey, yeah, I play Derby. People are like, oh, my God, that must be so dangerous. I've seen that movie Whip It. Do you punch people in the face? And I'm like, no, no, obviously, no, that's insane. I would never do that. I would um, be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would kick it's... me out so fast. It's not um, MMA on skates. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not an actor. Like I'm not that good at pulling that crap off. So like, <laughs> no way. I hear you. And as I speak and as I like reflect on it, I didn't see this movie right when it came out. I think I had heard of it, but kind of like, you know, sort of on the periphery. Think of this movie and I think of and rewatching it. It reminds me of of the movies of that era that Ellen Page was in, like Juno. And also, it also reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite and Little Miss Sunshine. They were the movies that kind of straddled indie and sensibilities and mainstream sensibilities. I definitely felt then and now that you could see the like zhuzhing of it for Hollywood and for mainstream audiences. You know, the, the fact that she still had to have the crush and the guy and have that whole subplot felt 
a little kind of, of course. crowbarred in. Yeah. I feel like some of us come find Derby because we've maybe severed a major relationship and are trying to rediscover ourselves. For us, Derby is the love that we fall in love with. We don't like fall in love with the boy, like the game and the sport is enough. And I think that that also speaks to just the role that society puts women in vis-a-vis sports. Like women just can't, unless you're like a super phenom and that's your sports story, you just can't be like a regular woman off the street and find a sport that you love and play it. You know, like you have to be either, you have to be like either uh, a Serena Williams or, uh, you know, some own files and you just can't be like a you know Teresa Williams or like you know just like anyone like you just can't like these someone who finds a sport that loves it and plays it like on an amateur level like that's not enough I was just gonna also add that I feel like I don't know if in 2009 bank track derby was a lot bigger than it is now and that that's why they chose to set this movie in a bank track league versus the flat track league because i feel like to me the real renaissance of modern day derby has taken place on the flat track not the the bank track but i also feel like that's that they made that selection is also indicative of hollywood's kind of hand on it like i feel like the public can associate roller derby more to bank track because that's what it used to be like in the 70s and 80s and when it was on television but also because of its propensity for violence (laughs) i think that that's that also makes it something that derby derby as we know it today in 2019 is not yeah i mean i've heard i've heard bank track players talk to me about how like there's still a little bit of that showboating that goes on in texas specifically too which i you know i'm i'm here for that's cool I don't know if like it's necessarily the level of violence that was shown in the movie, but it's definitely, you know, there's some of that still there, that like grit that like um, to get the crowd pumped. I feel like, you know, we're talking about how Derby evolved and how it the athleticism, I think, especially in flat track and, you know, and how it's evolving. We, I don't think the showboating is really all that necessary. And with the sport and people trying to take it to be more le- legitimized, it not showboating as much uh, helps, I think. If it were for entertaining consumption, consumption and for audience consumption as a form of entertainment, then we definitely would see a lot more of those elements in the sport itself. Its absence is, you know, indicative of the players being there for, for the love of the sport, for the love of playing against each other and mm-hmm. competing against each other and trying to mm-hmm. best each other as athletes, as competitive athletes, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, hell yeah that's exactly the place of roller con right and that's why it's sort of you know it has it's almost like a like a sleepaway camp it's because it's just you know really fun to do the themed games and the and the seeing all of your favorites kind of just mix it up and play on these different sort of teams rather than their home leagues and party and go to the pool and that sort of thing for sure i will also say that visually i really liked the the visual contrast between the pageant world of Bliss's mom, the pastels, the light, the light airiness and of that feel of that world versus the more dank, dungeony warehouse and, you know, dusty vibe of the bank track, of where the bank track games were held and where the team practiced yeah and and I liked how I like that duality too in that there are two different types of like womanhood on display right there and and both of them felt very southern to me Uh, as I'd mentioned you know the modern Texas is the cradle of modern roller derby and uh so there's the love there and the roots there definitely go deep. And then there's also the whole pageantry aspect to the South that is also a big deal. With a pageantry and like the mom's message, or at least what I was taking out of it was that, you know, she wanted her daughter to win and like have a place in society. And that's how she saw like success. And I feel like if like whatever you go down and at this point in my life, like, 
it's no longer about like winning for me. And so I just was kind of like, whatever, like if she's doing it to do it, like, and she find like finds fun in it and like, let it be. I thought it was amazing that like the team was like, we're in second place. We're in second place. Like that was probably my favorite thing about this movie. Right. No, Honestly. it's at the end of the day, the, the winning or not is secondary, right? The, the, the point of it is to find is to challenge yourself, push yourself and see what you can do and see how you can work with others. I it felt like pageantry, which was a sport in its own right, because you competed with other people, albeit in a very dainty way, was the way that she kind of connected with her mom. And then sports, if you remember, was the way that she connected to her dad through football, like watching football with him, whatever. But I also like the kind of in the derby world, they turned that on its head. She through derby, she connected with the other women. Like it wasn't if that makes any sense. Like through the sports, she connected with women, which is not typically seen, especially mm-hmm. in movies, I don't think. There were movies. I There were some movies. I don't know like how popular these were outside of my own life, but like there was like the Bend It Like Beckham back in the day. Um, I'm trying to think of like other sport type movies where I, I remember like it started getting really popular where like uh, kickers on football teams were for were girls. And I was like, hell yeah. And being someone in sports when I was a kid, like I was kind of surrounded on like teams with other other girls. And I loved that camaraderie. I loved having that. And I, I didn't understand like not having that in my uh, like adult life, so to speak, and not having like my girlfriend's um, because it's a it's a completely different type of friendship. And if you think about it, now that you mention it, like, does there even exist? Like, is there even a movie of like late twenty something, thirty something women on a team in a sport? Like in a sports? Like, is there a sports movie for grown women? I don't think so. Right? It's always like it's the high school age or the college age or the around an mm-hmm. academic setting. It's kind of almost like the idea of once we get older, we get decrepit and we we go into you know we basically hovel into a hole or like we're looking for a husband. And exactly. Sports, <laughs> sports, like dating becomes our sport as like women right like that's the yeah that's the most competitive sport (laughs) like you said in the movie they they have this like weird subplot where it's like oh oh that's you know the sport is where she finds this dude you know and it almost derails her like actual gameplay right like when she Mm -hmm. starts finding it when she finds him and becomes involved with him what have you and the fallout so earlier you said that it wasn't a thing that like people can get derailed. And I was like, Oh shit. I totally got derailed because of a relationship. I had like a depressive episode post breakup took one of my famous breaks from rec league. (laughs) And that's real. Not to say that like life doesn't happen because obviously there's, there's, it's always a balance. I feel like there's always, as we know in Derby, like you could just OD on Derby and, everything else could go to shit. And then that's not healthy either. (laughs) I think that also my recollection and my feelings about this movie are a little different was because when this movie came out, I must have been probably like in my early 30s when I did finally watch. I was very much a grown ass woman. But if I if I were not necessarily 17, which was the character's age, but maybe a little younger, this movie, I would have been obsessed over this movie. Like, yeah. if we think about, yeah, yeah, because I totally was like that outcast kid, even though yeah. I was in the Bronx, and was like, I thought I was like this, like, freak, because I listened to Green Day, and like, oh <laughs> and the offspring and shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, and so, so I feel like this would have been my shit. This would have been, I would have been obsessed with this movie. But if, and if you think about it from that lens, like to have been a little girl and seen, and seen this movie, this movie would have been groundbreaking because this movie kind of turns uh, turns that whole like you know teen movie genre, all of those tropes on its head. I was like thinking about like because the movies that I did see when I was that young were the the Molly Ringwald movie. And imagine this, imagine how like different this movie is when you compare it to like, although I guess the pretty in pink one was the freak, the the like kid from the other side of the tracks who 
falls in love with the rich kid and suddenly accepts it happily ever after. But yeah, it's this whole like idea of the guy saving you, right? This idea, this that movie Bliss didn't, this movie doesn't succumb to that. Yeah, in that way, you're right. It was pretty groundbreaking. I would have been, I would have totally identified with Bliss had I been the suitable age demo for this movie. And, but now rewatching it, I can tell you that I definitely identify with Iron Maiden, the the 36 year old who found her the 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 what was she she said she was 36 when she found her way to yeah, die is that right yeah. and then was like and it was like a few years later i was like hell yeah this woman speaks to my soul she speaks to my spirit i i i don't bitter. i love it <laughs> so salty <laughs> so great she was i you can totally see that she's supposed she was set up as the the villain of the movie the the kind of like the opposite to bliss like, I think as, as we've gotten older, like, it's like, oh, like, I think if you were watching this and younger, you would have been like, oh, she's nasty. I don't like her, blah, blah, blah. Looking at her now, I'm like, hell yeah, I would be just as <laughs> salty and like jaded. Yeah. You don't know how much back pain that woman is probably in right now. And for trying to do like half of this, the moves that came so naturally to poor bliss, like she's salty as hell. And I respect every goddamn moment of it. Yeah. I do. Anyway, after the movie ended, like part two, uh, whip it was like she founded a junior league. <laughs> yeah, no, she she <laughs> she she went off into the sunset. I was gonna say that after the game, you know, she like got home and and jumped in a bath of Epsom salt and took some ibuprofen and woke up the next day and like put some tiger balm on her derby kisses. <laughs> <laughs> And you know that, like, young Biss Cavender did have to do none of those things. She was good to go the following day as if, like, nothing had happened because age. That's <laughs> oh, okay. a thing. Uh, uh, my, I listened to this, like, workout training app, and they literally said to me, this was the mantra, and I was like, this is dumb, but it was like, youth is wasted on the young. And I'm like, I just wanted to throw my phone at this point. <laughs> No, I mean, I like uh, youth is also youth also like hazes the shit out of the young. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. like yeah. I do not want to live. I want do not want to redo my twenties. What? It's such a hard time. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go back. There's nope. no way in hell you can pay me enough money. Like, like when people are advertising like skin creams to be like young forever, I'm like, I don't. I don't want to be twenty. Like, no. you know, I just. It's I want to be my age. I just wish that. 27 and fives would come a little <laughs> that's all i want <laughs> that's the only thing all right, that's fair <laughs> i don't ask for too much <laughs> um okay so anything else um no i mean we could talk about how much i really liked that uh that one actress because there was like literally only one well yes yeah, so the for me the movie felt odd because Derby is really like a very queer friendly space. And, um, and so there was like literally one scene with EBE and Ari, the, the actor um, who played Eve of destruction. Well, Eve of destruction. Yes. Was her Uh, character's name. Yes. And I love her because I saw her in another movie that, you know, uh, it was about phone phone sex, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, and like they had one scene in the bathtub where it was just like making the moves and almost saw something happen. And Hot like, tub, <laughs> not bathtub. I think that's a, di- okay. <laughs> that's a yeah. difference that you want to clarify. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> in that. your reboot, it might have been the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, so, but then Jimmy Fallon comes up and ruins the moment, and I'm like, Ugh, gross. Um, and so I just felt like this, in in yeah. that, like I felt like it wasn't authentic. And I this felt movie like was, was aggressively heterosexual. This movie was aggressively her- heterosexual. I can't even say the word. The word can't even come out of my mouth. It's so like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It, it it felt like any sort of suggestive moment or like it just lacked queerness. It it did. Like, could you, like this, it should have been more like the black and blue ball, that party, not the, not that like frat rager that they 
had in that backyard, right? And and for people who don't understand what the RollerCon black and blue ball is, it's just like, think about like a hundred, like 200 queerdos around the pool in like the middle of a Nevada July night and at a DJ and some unicorn floaties. And you have the biggest party of RollerCon. And it's a And the black and blue is bruises just, you know, to further. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. You and you're supposed to be dressed in black and blue. We started talking about it, about how the sport has gone down a more like athletic path rather than it's like campy theatrics of its early days. How else do you think Derby has evolved since 2009 as depicted in this movie or not? I mean, in so many ways. I mean, it's so we talked about like the theatrics, we talked about the athleticism. I think it's also we're in flat track so that's a very like huge difference in play because like the rule sets even different but even from that like there's more types of derby that's being evolved like there's other like rule sets that are being developed as we speak right Uh, no it's it's trying it's gaining it's legitimized itself not to say that this was illegitimate but it's definitely left that sort of diy punk aesthetic the the fishnets i feel like if you would have gone to any derby game in 2009 you would have probably seen people dressed very much like the players on the team and now everyone wears compression pants and um a jersey you know jerseys Yeah, and the jerseys match on the team. And, you know, I feel like the names are still, like, the same. Like, the names are still fun. You get to choose them. The numbers, I've learned this through officiating, that, like, refs uh, used to have a really hard time reading numbers off jerseys because it would be, like, like crazy symbols. So it wouldn't even be, like, real numbers. They'd be, like, you know, uh, I don't know, star, circle, whatever. And then they kind of had to make it work. So, you know, they've made that uh, a lot easier to call during uh, bouts. Uh, what other stuff? Like, I feel like you can wear your own makeup, but I haven't, I don't see that many people like doing any like crazy makeup things besides like Scald Eagle and like a few other players. Definitely I mean, not at I the top love, level. Yeah. I mean, honestly, makeup is rough because your face is your face and like that stuff, you know, on your face while you're sweating, just no bueno. It's no, no bueno. Yeah. Uh, I think that derbies, there are, there are leagues that are significantly larger than the one that was or the ones that were like understood to be typical or you know in Whippet. I'm thinking of Rose that apparently has like five hundred people and Gotham is like over a hundred people. So and the Wuftada, you know, governing body is a lot more probably organized and structured than it was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Junior derby's a thing now. Yeah. Men's roller derby is a thing now. Roller con, I don't maybe roller con came a couple years after this. Like I want to say 2011 probably, but um, roller con is a thing. We have international teams where we and we have international tournaments. That's probably something very very new people and. And it's funny because one of the things they say in the movie is like, I think her her friend at this point is pissed at her and she goes off on her and is like, what do you plan to do with your derby career? You know, all sass and no class at this point. You know, back then, like that wasn't a thing. Like, what what were you, you couldn't really, you had to have, and it's like old school sports, like adults, that was how baseball was in like the 20s. Like people were just playing on the side, but they had real jobs and not to say athletes. Uh, who get paid professional athletes aren't like it's not a real job sorry traditional jobs or like traditional jobs that's that's what it is but they they had like their day jobs and then at night like they did this thing that like people would come watch and it developed like just things like this develop over time it takes resources and and that's the kind of thing is that like is this one day going to evolve into a sport where like perfect like it's professionals being paid to be on full-time teams and everything else is just kind of recreational i feel like at this time at this point in time people went around and traveled and coached at different leagues in order to spread the sport whereas now people visit other leagues 
as like a hustle, like as a, mm-hmm. a, a job, you know, or as like work and get paid for it and are, are there because of their expertise, not because they're necessarily trying to uh, establish more derby. It's probably mm-hmm. a, it's probably like a, like a byproduct and a, you know, a, a secondary effect, but I mean, we're also in the age of, uh, of influencers. So like people just make their hustle that way. Mm -hmm. Sponsorships weren't a thing. They probably weren't besides probably maybe Rydell and Bont or something. There probably weren't very many, uh, Derby specific boots out there, skates out there, gear out there. That's all stuff that's definitely come about. Do you think this movie's aged well? I feel like, yeah, I feel like this isn't like, for me, it's not real derby, but I think like it's one of those like class, like it's just like, okay, like this is a movie you could watch. I watched it 10 years and I'm like, it's still entertaining. It still, still works. It's still pretty much this like same story. It's of its you know, time. I, it's definitely a 2009 story for sure. Yeah. I feel like it, it reminds me of Glow. Like this is like what's going on with Glow right now on Netflix. What is like uh so glows about the uh, the wrestling Gorgeous ladies of wrestling exactly mm-hmm. and so basically they're like they did a whole like fake version of glow to to show i don't know and so they're like they're showing kind of the backstory of like the acting it's not real but but i i thought it was interesting and it kind of reminded me like there's some things that are kind of reminiscent. Uh, you know what? I, as you say that, I could get behind like a 13 episode or so series like based off of, I don't know about Whip It, but like something Derby related, like a, you know, like a glow or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it would be. I forget what the original, oh, what Derby used to be called when it was like on television. Yeah. But that would be dope. That w- I think that would be really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Although I think you mentioned that in our first go around that the Derby community might have a lot more to say this go around in terms of Whip It and the way it depicts certain, I don't know, things. Absolutely. I feel like it's one thing because Whip It's nostalgic and we were all once younger and watched it. Um, Not we all, but many of us were younger when we watched it and then kind of growing up and the world changed, like the world, I guess the world never really changed, but like we all changed men- mental- mentally and mentality wise. Sure. And, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of having a deeper understanding of like all this looking back, I'm like, yeah, you know, I would probably like, if I was watching a newer movie, I'd probably be a lot more critical. Yeah. I agree. Language changes to certain terminology. I can't think of anything that was said that was particularly like, ooh, that was bad. Um, um, but I remember one line that we were like, really? What? Bliss and uh, her best friend were in the car and I think it was something referring to like growing a pair or something like that. Oh, and yeah. That probably we wouldn't be like, said. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, definitely people would have a have something to say about certain terms appropriateness and as far as like the depictions of poc in this movie mm-hmm. what you think uh i mean there was only eve as i so lovingly refer to eve are you talking um, about derby or in the movie in general oh i'm talking about the movie specifically well, the friends the friend looked a little ambiguously yeah, I mean, ethnic <laughs> and i forget what and was the boyfriend the right the friend's boyfriend or like the the diner the, people yeah, yeah 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 um which makes sense because it's texas and like it's funny because we were talking about who we identified with but like she was trying to get into an ivy league school and i was trying to get into an ivy league school at that time and like and she was worried about like life you know, getting ruined by some of, you know, some of the crazy actions that happened, the public drinking underage, which... That's probably legit the most Latin thing <laughs> of the movie, right? Like, the whole, this white girl can, like, get away with the shit and, like, do whatever the fuck she wants. We gotta get out of the hood. We gotta, yeah. like, <laughs> gotta get arrested. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then our lives are ruined. It's true. <laughs> uh, spoiler, she ends up going to the college she wants, so, you know. 
Yeah, we gotta. Um, we can't mess up the scholarship. We gotta. <laughs> you gotta Although hustle. you know, going to the the best school doesn't necessarily the best school. I'm saying that with quotation marks doesn't necessarily you know make your life you know any which way. Like you, you just gotta you gotta do it. I went to the University of Pennsylvania and I was surrounded by a lot of quote unquote the cream of the crop and. I'm like, if y'all are the cream of the crop, we're in trouble. The crop isn't very creamy. The crop is very dry. Uh, so the actor is Alia Shockett and the character's Pash, who's her, who's the best friend. Um, and the reason why I was like, I don't know if if she is, if she isn't, is because the name Pash, I was like, what is that? What is it? <laughs> so I was like, I'm not gonna assume. Um, but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't gonna claim her yet. <laughs> Let's just say she she gave but off the vibes. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave the vibes. She gave um, her boyfriend Latina though. energy, big Latina oh, energy. Yeah. BLE. <laughs> the rage came out. <laughs> and then Eve, who just seemed like an afterthought. Yeah, absolutely on the on the Derby team, and and I think that's what I was focusing on when we were talking about like POC and like. Like, yeah, it's it's fine for us to be in the stands, but why aren't there more of us in the team? I was going to say that um, audience looked very diverse. Also, yeah. Also, she was barely playing. Like, there was barely any mention of, like, you know, that athleticism or anything going on. It was just like, oh, she's there. And then she's there in this other scene that I talked about with, like, the queer interests. Like, just enough to, like, tease the audience, but, you know, nothing real. Um and it's like making it almost laughable, um, which is horrible. It's not like it's not something to be ogled by, you know, like a, like a straight hetero gaze. Mm. It's just no, not. You're really, really feeling this. You're very offended over this I'm hot sorry. tub scene very 10 years later. I'm going to keep calling it the bathtub scene. <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, no, I mean, but legitimately like, and I feel like it's like the crux of things because it, it just for the, I don't know, it's just like taking like a person of color and kind of like putting them in like this situation in a movie that's just kind of like, really? And that feels very 10 years ago that, you know, and hopefully that would be better thought of now, but you know. Right. But, you know, we're not going to like act as if therapy doesn't have a diversity problem. A racial diversity problem. So let's let's not tout <laughs> too many accomplishments. Let's not go on that victory lap just yet. <laughs> but um, but what I will say is that I, I you know and again I wish I knew I wish I knew more about the like societal dynamics in Texas whether like it's just that kind of like segregated experience but if you think about like Texas is such a diverse place Mm -hmm. there is a lot of POC in Texas and skating in Texas like you know the jam skating the rhythm skating scene runs so I feel like people were definitely on quad somewhere but yeah. was it because it was like this like white girl thing or like white girl thing? Like who knows? I don't know. But that was very interesting. It felt like she was definitely like the parsley on the dish. <laughs> okay. So what would your would what would a reboot of Whip It look like for you? What would a reboot of this movie look like for me? I would I'm going to terribly answer this again um, because, you know, (laughs) why not? I would definitely, well, since Scald Eagle was inspired by the movie, I feel like I want an appearance from Scald Eagle and, and I want Scald to be like the, the, the coach this time. Uh, I had like plans for like a derby wedding, like in the movie. (laughs) I guess (laughs) that'll happen. You know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to poo poo over your vision. Oh, you're fine. It's, It's cool. It's not going to ever happen. You know, we're reviewing a movie, but we're not movie makers. So, but one day maybe for you. We could maybe, maybe we could like do that screenplay, that like episode screenplay. (laughs) Although I don't know if, if Shauna Cross ever hears this too, like fuck them. But yeah, so that a derby wedding would occur I feel like there would definitely be more people of color. And I think mostly because I want to inspire other people of color to join and play and like, 
like step up where they can. Um, I think that's definitely something that you don't realize it until you realize it. And I think like, honestly, becoming friends with you has been like really eye opening and, you know, talking with other people and, you know, just why is that exactly? Well, like if you don't see yourself out there, you don't see your represent, you don't see representation, then you might not feel like it's a space for you. You might not try and you convince yourself otherwise. And that's, you know, that's important to kind of dispel uh, because Derby should be, because I'm not going to say this, let's, like we said, we're not taking victory lap it yet, should be a place for people of all sorts of backgrounds, places, colors, like, you know, Derby Without Borders is, you know, doing the work and trying to get gear to people who, who don't have access and we should, you know, there should be more more outreach programs within, you know, different leagues and really, really looking at the systemic issues as to like why at the top of the leagues um, there aren't people of color because we know there's queer people. We know they're there and they're represented. And I'm sure there's still more, more that work that can be done. Like absolutely everywhere. Right. We're out there. It's not hard to find. I'm out here. I've made a, I'm making this podcast and I have a wealth of people to dope ass people to, pull out and put in front of a mic yeah and i want to thank you for making this podcast thank you my love you're doing you're doing the work you're doing good work well i mean technically like audio wise not so much (laughs) 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 conceptually perhaps i'll give myself the taps (laughs) let's see if i can like salvage this and make this into an actual product What what you need to find is someone who's a a sound engineer uh, an engineer, yeah. <laughs> make this make this magic happen. A, anyway, okay. So I totally s- we sat on your reboot. Yeah, I feel like we we kind of delved back into the race thing, but you know, I think that's probably more important than my reboot. <laughs> okay. Well, and you know, I I totally gave this. I totally gave a different answer the first go around, but in. This time, since we mentioned that there really isn't a sports movie for women over the age of, what, 21? I think that needs to happen. I would love to see a whip it with, you know, all 30-something women who find the sport and find love for themselves. Um, sorry, Landon Pig. <laughs> and, and call it a day and just, you know, be victorious in finding out how badass they are. And that's it. Also, if anyone who's listening to this knows of any movies that are, like, with, like, women above the age of, like, whatever plus uh, playing sports, you send them to us because I would love to watch them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) This could be a, this could be an ongoing feature, an ongoing movie club. (laughs) All righty. Well, yeah. So that's my, that would be my reboot. Any closing thoughts? I think I said this before, but you know, I like the movie in general. It's very nostalgic in that, you know, I watched it many years ago and rewatching it. I was like, Oh, like, yeah, this is good. Like, you know, there's parts about it and there's the, like, there's parts about it that I know are the reasons I love this sport and um, you know, that camaraderie and, uh, and there's also parts of it that I'm like, oh yeah, that's dramatic and that's life. And, um, you know, there's lessons you take away and yeah, I, it's entertaining. Watch it. So do you have a, a yes. self-care tip? This time I'm like prepared like a moat. Hit, hit it. What is your self-care tip? For me, I really enjoy sleep. Sleep is super important. We don't get enough sleep. Definitely do that. I also use therapy as a self-care tool. I think recently it's been really important. I've had a, a few breakthroughs that have been shocking. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm still moving through. Uh, setting boundaries and saying no, you know, even when it seems really hard is really important for uh, people with chronic pain, people with depression and anxiety. Yeah. Set, say no. Uh, when you can't do something. Just say no. Just say no. I used to get facials every month. I know this is like a super privileged thing. It It is. Or, you know, doing face masks uh, for yourself. Super, super nice. Um, also, Groupon has like facials. You can do yeah. You can hook, budget, hook yourself but, up. Like, yeah. 
band up with some friends, make that happen. But also, then, you know, don't be ashamed of a little olive oil, oatmeal, sea salt yes, mask scrub. Yes. Your, your face exactly. will thank you. I love it. I love that stuff. Um, I have been going to my chiropractor for two plus years. It's honestly been the only like self-care I've been consistent about, which is I don't even know, but they've been like wonderful and lovely and like super giving flower of life. Love you guys. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) And ultimately like just educating myself, I think has been a really good like self-care. Educating yourself how? Uh, I like not like going online and being like, let me read all these troll comments, but like, I don't know, like really talking to friends and you know, being honest and then like hearing their opinions back and reading and just kind of like learning about other cultures, other things that are outside of myself. You know, some of that can be challenging, but then you kind of find joy in, you know, other people's lives and, and what they're doing. And I don't know, I, I think it's, it, it's been really impactful for me. I can't always make a change for everyone, but it's, it's nice to at least know what, other people's shoes might be like so yeah what that's my the, self-care what about our, our communal care communal care my like big thing is like just do good where you can um not everyone has the ability or means or whatever to just like donate a ton of money everywhere um and if you do then like fantastic people need money and like like can use that money as resource for for building programs but honestly like one of the things I'm trying to do right now is build out a corporate social responsibility program within my own company. And so, you know, it's little steps. It's, it's not all going to happen in a day, but you know, that's one thing I'm trying and I'm really passionate about other things. Like if you don't have the money, like volunteer for a lot of people, if you're really passionate about Derby, like volunteer in your league, make, make that stuff happen. Like officiate, be kind to your officials. That is definitely a communal care. PSA. Kindness um, is free. Exactly. Three ninety nine. Exactly. You can so afford just, it. it. Yep. Uh, so be kind to your officials and unless they're racist, sexist, or any of the is, then report it. Like, that's not cool. And the OBIX. Um, any of the OBIX. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> the ISTs and the OBIX. We don't accept them. <laughs> so another thing is get vaccinated. Create space for yourself and others. And you like, really are coming at this with the shopping list. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> you I, gave I, the I, wrote, spot? I was not last time I was caught off guard and I wasn't ready. I'm like, this time I'm ready. Carry your narcon for others. <laughs> I'm serious. It's free. Carry it in New York. I don't know about anywhere else. Um, please look up more on that. My sister has been coaching and <laughs> And listen to people of color. That's where I'm going to leave it. And then who's your MVP, pal? Oh, still my mom. Yeah. Linda! Linda! Shout out to Linda. She's she's the rock. Uh, Not the rock. She's not Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) No. I'm not going to interrupt you rock. She's the original rock. It's true. She is literally holding the family together and, you know, dealing with so much. And I, I don't know how, but she's like the number I look to her for you know what the strength of like a human being can be um so love you mom love you pot too but you're in bed you know being all broken so whatever <laughs> I would expect more sympathy from a derby player Amanda let me tell you Amanda curly free curly fry curly free <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Okay, boo. So, feliz cumpleaños with it. Many thanks.